0: Marquon Jones. Welcome back to Made by Mario. On today's episode, I interview Marquon Jones. Marquon Jones is a former football player turned CrossFit Games athlete. We talk about Marquand's road to the games, about his experience in the sport, and what's lying ahead. We're going to get to all that exciting stuff, but first, I just want to thank you guys for listening to the show. If you'd like to help the show grow, all you got to do is share it with a friend. It's as simple as that. If there are specific guests that you guys would like to hear, feel free to let me know. Go on the gram, at Mario, shoot me a comment, slide into the DMs, and I'll try to get them on. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you guys like what you hear, feel free to give us a five-star review. Without any further ado, I give you Marquand Jones. Three, two, one, let's go! Go! Marquon Jones, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate you taking out your time. Uh, I, you and I have been trying to connect for a while, and uh, we finally made it happen. So uh, where are you at in the world right now? What's going on in your world? So
1: right now, I got a lot of a couple of different business ventures. I also started working on a podcast. I'm starting to do a little bit of different things when it comes down to a gym ownership. So I'm trying to branch out a little bit more and maybe start my own gym or get a little bit deeper into ownership, get some other stuff rolling with another gym or so like that. So that's what I'm kind of working on right now. Training is still in full swing. I am still trying to get back to the game as quickly as I possibly can. I did recently just have an injury. This injury yeah. was, happened to my quad and ACLs, playing pickleball on Saturday. Oh, geez. Hyper-extended my leg, jacked it up. Yeah. So I uh, was down for a little bit. And then that's when a lot of stuff went into perspective that I was like, hey, I need to – time is probably ticking on the uh, you know, <laughs> CrossFit time machine, so I want to make sure I can uh, get back right and get back to the game as quickly as I possibly can. But totally. I also needed to be minded about what to do in the future as far as income and Absolutely. what's the next step in life. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it's been a topsy-turvy world. I mean, for athletes that are at your guys' level, especially with last year's season, it lasted forever, you know? With that coupled with COVID, I'm sure have had to learn how to adjust to just about anything that comes your way. So before we get into kind of like what's going on, where are you located right now?
1: Uh, I am in Jersey right now. Okay, cool. Yep.
0: Awesome. Uh, and is that, where, is that where you're from?
1: No. I'm originally from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I moved to Jersey about six years ago to help my buddy start up this gym that I'm in now. Nice. And we've been rolling since then.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, you know, I really wanted to talk to you because I feel like you have a very unique perspective on the sport in general. So I, I know you played football and that was at Clemson. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Yep. When did you start playing football?
1: Ooh, I started when I was about eight, nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just something to like, take my mind off XYZ and sure. also have another hobby yeah. at that time when I was young. And it just snowballed, I guess you could say. Sure.
0: <laughs> was it something that you started playing you like immediately kind of realized like, oh, I have a talent for this. This is something I should kind of pursue a little bit further at an elite level or was it something that you were like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just having fun and then kind of fell into success there?
1: And that's exactly how it started off. I believe I was playing football in the front yard. Yeah. The high school students were being dropped off and when the high school students were being dropped off, a bus driver saw me and she was like, wow, uh, you should sign up.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> weird. A little kid with speed. And then I, you know, I would always run around in their bud doing stuff. Also playing backyard football or even yeah. at school. And people were just like, hey, man, you should probably try to play Pee Wee football, Pop Warner. Right. I did. First season, I was a speedster. Yeah. At the time. I mean, I was young. So, I mean, it wasn't that much speed, but it was still like faster than the
0: than well, everyone else. <laughs> yeah. So I was like,
1: all right, maybe this is something that you can do. And the next year I just decided to get better. And then I got stronger and faster. And For faster sure. And, stronger. and then I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then I just took off from there. Opportunities definitely opened up after when I once I became serious about it.
0: How did the transition go as far as like, how did you get Clemson's attention? How did they reach out to you and then, you know, make the transition into playing in college?
1: Fortunately enough, whenever I played football, My high school coach actually is the head coach now at uh, USF. And my high school coach also was a Clemson alumni. And his dad was also an assistant coach at Clemson. So his dad would come watch his son coach.
0: Okay.
1: And at the time, I was performing pretty well, especially in high school. Yeah. And he was like, wow, we might have something here. I took a visit to Clemson my freshman or sophomore year. Not even really a visit, but I went to a game. Mm -hmm. And it just took off from there. Yeah. It was a place that I felt like was home for sure. It was only two hours away from where I was going to high school and where my family was located. That's awesome. And it it took off from there, pretty much.
0: So they were able to come, like, see you play and everything like that? Yeah, my
1: dad my mom would always... My stepmom, my dad, and my mom as well would always come to the games as much as they possibly could. My dad came to every game. My stepmom did too, as well. My mom would come to some games every now and again. But, yeah, it was close to home, and everybody would come watch as much as they possibly could. Yeah, it was was, was love.
0: You know, there's something you mentioned that I really kind of want to touch on, because I think it's super important. Something personally, that made a a huge impact in my life was my mom was obviously very, very supportive growing up and everything. But having my dad come in and watch the games and kind of be part of the journey with me was such a special thing. Can you unpack that a little bit as far as like what kind of role that had in your life and how that motivated you to continue playing or pursue success in other fields?
1: Yeah, I was living with my mom until I was twelve, and then I moved with my dad. Mm-hmm. And my dad was—he's a, a football guy as well. Yeah, football guy. So <laughs> he was also a coach, and he was playing a little bit at the same time as well. Yeah. So we would always go watch his game, and it wasn't NFL. It was a—it was a
0: semi-pro league or something like that.
1: Semi-pro. Yeah. Yeah. So he would play semi-pro, and we would watch his games, and he would also coach us at the same time. Mm. So in middle school it was serious like he was a coach he was pushing us to become the, better, the best that we could possibly be and a lot of credit to where i am now and especially throughout football could go can go to him because he was a tough tough coach and he was also our biggest critic you know
0: sure yeah he
1: pushed us <laughs> on almost every aspect and then once we got to high school we would watch film of our games literally right after the games we'll just go home grab pizza yeah and we will watch we'll do film study right away we we would correct mistakes before our coach he would even correct the mistakes for us awesome so we would get right to it and then and then after that we would continue to adjust monitor and adjust throughout the season based on what we needed to get better at he would help us with that along with the stuff that we were doing for practice yeah but he also instilled drive work ethic being determined, wanting to go get what you want and just constantly staying focused on the task at hand. Absolutely. Yeah, my dad was definitely somebody that was firm, solid, stable, peace in life. And I definitely wouldn't be where I am without him, for sure.
0: Absolutely. You mentioned something really interesting that I kind of want to relate to CrossFit a little bit. Obviously, programming, coaching, which is the business Haley and I are in as well, as you are as well, coaching people. There is a lot of people that want to be good at the sport of CrossFit. They have ambitions of either competing at a sanctional or what is it now? A continental or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Whatever these events are, semifinals. Quarterfinals. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to compete at that level. And so they're looking for coaches or programming that is going to kind of like get them there. But you mentioned something really interesting, which is like you and your dad would immediately go home before before even practice the next time or whatever it was. You would break down the game film. Right. You guys would point out your own weaknesses where you guys could improve. I find that... Only the elites, only the people that are serious about the sport do things like that on their own. They don't expect a coach to do those things for them. Correct. So especially in the sport of CrossFit, what are the things that obviously coaches play a huge role as far as developing an athlete, but what things do you think an athlete should not expect a coach to do and the, the tasks that they should take on themselves?
1: That's a very interesting question. And it is also something that, like you said, I, whenever I'm coaching athletes or whenever I'm uh, helping out athletes, I feel like they do rely on a coach a little too much when it comes down to certain things. Yeah, It's perfectly fine for you to do that if you're that type of athlete to where you need that guidance almost 100% in a way. Yeah, But sometimes an athlete that just, like you said, have that natural will and that natural ability, and it's just hungry on its, on its, on its own to just become better, Sometimes it's good to tap into the smaller things and be your own worst critic and be a little bit realistic about your weaknesses, figure out what those are. Your coach can help you with that and then you can take it amongst yourself to correct those mistakes or seek guidance for that. Yeah. So I feel like for the most part, it's just being realistic with yourself about your goals, how to get to those goals in a realistic way. A lot of times people say, say for instance, I want to go to the games and I know that I want to go to the games and I need to get better at, Deadlifts, back squats, etc. Yeah. Yes, I know that if I want to get better at it, yeah, I'm gonna have to put the work in. But I also want to be smarter about the smaller things. Where's my foot placement? Where's my hand placement? What works best for me? Uh, wrapping it here, wrapping it there, and those are things a coach just can't really give you. You know, he can program for you, he can correct the smaller, minute things when it comes out. Yeah, to yeah. You. But for you as an athlete, what works best for you is something that you have to explore. And I feel like that's something that I love about the game.
0: Absolutely. No, totally. And to kind of like piggyback on that, like, for example, when I'm programming for athletes, when athletes are first starting with me, I'll give them warm ups, Right. But for the ones that are seasoned and we've been working right. together for a couple of years or someone that's at like at Haley's level, I just give them part A. You are an athlete. Warm up. You know how to warm up at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Uh, and then right. going back to what you were saying about like deadlifts or something. There are certain things that a coach would give an athlete, just like okay, I need you guys, I need you to hit these strength pieces, these gymnastic pieces, these conditioning pieces. But if you're talking about somebody that just wants it really, really bad, they're gonna go above and beyond, and the coach should have to almost pull them back. Right. So, like if if you're living in the gym and you run out of programming, right. there's a lot of things that you could do that will take you right over the edge. So, like for example, let's take a movement like rope climbs. You don't have to be climbing ropes right. all day, like it's gonna crush your arms, but you can sit on a box and practice putting your feet in the right placement over right. and over and right. over and over again. Right. And I don't see enough athletes that claim that they want to go to the games doing things like that. Does that make sense? Doing the little things,
1: you're right. That's hundred percent true because it's always something that you can do that's smaller kind of lower impact can help you out as much as you possibly can. And I remember at one point when I wasn't good at strict handstand pushups, this was a little bit more on a higher impact side, but yeah. in order for me to get better at handstand pushups, I felt like I needed to do handstand pushups every day. Yeah. So what I would do is, is the first of the month, I would do one handstand pushup, strict yeah. handstand pushup at this time. The second day I would do two. Yeah. The third, I would do three. The fourth day I would do four, Fifth, so on and so forth until I got to the end of the month where I would have to do 30, but I would spread it out over 12-hour day. So I would do 30 handstand push-ups, but I would do like five in the morning, make sure they were strict, make sure the form and technique was perfect, make sure I was creating a tripod, make sure my hand placement was in the right spot, make sure my feet was on the right spot on the wall. And I would do those five perfect handstand push-ups at, let's say, eight in the morning. Yep. A couple hours later, I would do five more perfect handstand push-ups. So throughout the day, I was just constantly working on handstand push-ups. So this was something that I did Literally every day for probably about two months. Once the next month came back around, maybe three months, I would start off with one handstand pushups and then do it again. Yeah. And I would also be smart about it as well. If I
0: had to do
1: programming, I would not do handstand pushups for that day or yeah. whatever the case may be. So if accumulated the number that I wanted to throughout the month, I would adjust if necessary.
0: Awesome. So one of the big things I wanted to talk to you about is that you and Haley have a very similar. You guys have been in a very similar position for the last couple of years so uh you of course made it to the games competed in the games in 2018 i believe it was 2018 correct haley has competed in every single major crossfit competition except for the crossfit games right and so i kind of wanted to get your perspective and and again i i think a lot of times people think they know what's going on and they know how it feels or they know but they I don't think people truly understand how hard it is to make it to the CrossFit Games. And so for you to make it in 2018 and then have not made it back since then, I wanted you to talk a little bit about like what that process looks like, because I think to many people that are kind of sitting on the sidelines, it just seems like, nah, didn't do the work this year. And it's like, nah, dude, like (laughs) you don't understand how hard this is, you know?
1: Yeah, no, for not once have I second guessed my ability in the sport of CrossFit. Yeah. And originally, whenever I started CrossFit, it was to stay in shape for football. So I yeah. always got to keep in mind that this was something that originally started off as a hobby or to get better for something else, Yeah, right? It was never like God in life, you know? <laughs> you know? It was never something that was just like, everything revolves around CrossFit. So sometimes I have to like put that in perspective for myself, one, mm-hmm. just so I don't put as much pressure on myself right. to be successful. But at the same time, it's a sport where you constantly can get better, and you can constantly grow at. Yeah. So from when I started CrossFit, even from 2018, I have progressed and gotten better. Yeah. So since the games, I know I've gotten better. And that is something that you gotta just keep in your For mind, sure. keep in mind now. All the external factors or the other variables that done that you can't control as far as CrossFit changing up. CrossFit's changed almost every year since I've been in the sport. Every CrossFit.
0: every single year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's like nothing is the same with CrossFit. Every year you get something different. You get something new. And you have to adjust to that. Yeah. To the best of your ability. Yeah. But for the most part, those are variables that you can't control. You got sixteen sanctionals or a million sanctionals that's out there. Everyone is programmed different. Some of them try to revamp the real Will of CrossFit. Yeah. Meaning like it's a mini games. Yeah. Sometimes it's like way too much on your body. Yeah. <laughs> it not like a qualifying process. Yeah, It felt like it's just way, way, the sanctions is just, some of them were extremely hard. Yeah, you
0: know? for sure. And,
1: at, and, and being at the games in 2018, like, I would go through some of these sanctions, and I'm like, man, this this competition is harder event wise than the games. Yeah, <laughs>
0: no, totally. So
1: you got to keep that in mind. A lot of variables you don't have control of. Yeah. Uh, but the variables you do have control of, you got to just take advantage of it as far as getting better at your weaknesses as much as you possibly can. Yep. And doing what you can do in the within that system. So Yeah,
0: and you mentioned something really interesting too that the games changes every year, but not only that, the athletes that are competing in the games progress at a crazy rate every single year. Yeah. If you took yeah. you right now and placed you in 2012, you would win the CrossFit Games. Definitely. Like it's yeah. it's not close. Like the the events are required for the athletes to do and the well-roundedness that is required now right. is just miles ahead of where it was so
1: 100 the game has evolved and the athletes definitely have evolved I and mean, coming out younger these days too like yeah i know right younger guys well i was that, talking
0: like, yeah i was talking to somebody about this and comparing it to mma right so like when mma first came out you had athletes that were or you had competitors that were like American Kenpo Karate, you know, like you had guys that were uh, wrestlers, you had guys that were in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, some guys that were only boxers, only Muay Thai and stuff. Then after a couple of years, it shifted into.
1: Makes martial arts. Everybody can do
0: everything. Yeah, we kind of figured out that like this guy had a background in wrestling, but he has to learn boxing, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai. You know, because those are kind of like the four most uh, important ones, right? Right. But now you're seeing athletes in M- in UFC that started off doing MMA. Right. You know, like they didn't start in karate. They didn't start in taekwondo or anything like that. They just started mixed martial arts. They had no specialty. Yeah, correct. Exactly. And you're seeing the same thing in CrossFit. Guys used to be like, I was a swimmer. I played football. I played baseball. Right. And then I found CrossFit and stuff. And now you got athletes that started when they were like, eight years old playing CrossFit. You know what I'm saying? I agree, 100% agree. So uh, what do you think about that shift in how athletes are developed now?
1: I think, this, like I said, the sport has evolved. And I feel like kudos to CrossFit for planting that seed in a young cat, young kid's mind to accomplish a goal and a task, and they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it teaches great values in life, work ethic, being one of them. Because in order for you to be good at this sport and excel at the sport, you have to put the work in. Yeah. So I feel like it teaches great lessons and it holds good value in a lot of areas. Yeah. So kudos to the kids that's doing it at this age and kudos to a sport of CrossFit for, you know, playing SE early for most.
0: Yeah. When so. an athlete decides that they want to set a goal for themselves, like qualifying for a semifinal, qualifying for the CrossFit games, what do you think is one of the most important stark realities that they have to either embrace or just come to terms with themselves?
1: I can only I can only use me, but if I was to give advice to somebody else, sure. Unless you're like a Matt Frazier or something like that, obviously he is light years away from a lot of us. The guy's really, really good. But other than that, normally whenever we start off CrossFit, you you initially start yeah. off as being the best in your gym, yeah, right? Which is only a, probably hundred, you know, maybe 200 members or 200 athletes at your gym. When you step outside yeah. of that realm, there's a lot of other people out there that's really, really, really good, and you have to respect that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't respect how good other athletes are. And it can yeah, be, yeah, yeah. It could be whatever specialized program. I mean, it could be workouts that's tailored strictly to them, but you probably won't be the best at what it is that is thrown at you, the work that yeah. is thrown at you, which is perfectly fine mm-hmm. because that's, not completely crossfit you know crossfit is over several modalities different workouts different things so in the longer run if you just trust what you do if you're not the best at this workout you could possibly be the best at the next workout yeah yeah that's or the next workout so i feel like you got to think of it as a longer term or a marathon and it's definitely not a sprint so if you're starting off and you're just now doing crossfit you have to know that it's okay for you to suck at certain things but you definitely can get better one Two, it's okay to not be best, but still be consistent as you can possibly be in the workout.
0: Yeah, and I think not just being consistent, but also being competitive as competitive as you can be, right? Right, So if you're throwing a workout that you don't think that you're going to do very good at, I think as long as you go into it trusting your athleticism, you can still be ferocious and you can still try your best, you know what I'm saying? Like put up a semi-decent score and play damage control, you know? Right,
1: Exactly. That, that's another thing that I that I felt like whenever I started CrossFit, I was like, wow, man, these guys are
0: really, really, really
1: good. But you go into your everyday gym and you're thinking that you're the best in the gym, you yeah. know, but it's just <laughs> like whenever you compete against the world, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And you can't let that shell shock you. A lot of people compete outside the, their home gyms or outside the area or state, et cetera. And if they don't do well, they give up, you know? Yeah. You shouldn't give up. Just keep pushing.
0: For sure, man. So I'm assuming that you competing at the 2018 Games was the highlight so far right what was kind of your favorite moment from that man
1: i feel like and i'm the type of person that i like to soak up the experience as much as i possibly can so sure yeah the whole experience far as you know sitting next to scott pancheck and just picking his mind on you know what are you doing to get better heavy dubs or yeah and i'm just using this as an example we didn't have this conversation but i think <laughs> i had a conversation with somebody there that was just sure. like you know just being able to pick a veteran's mind yeah on what he's going to get better at X, Y, Z. Some of those guys were secretive about it. Some of the guys were willing to talk about it, but just the whole experience of being around great athletes, everybody just getting after it. And some of those guys are very, very smart when it came down to I'm not saying what workout to take off, but like you said earlier, damage control on certain workouts, knowing that we have a
0: yeah yeah you know a marathon
1: road coming up or something like that. So we have workouts that they were very very smart, meticulous about certain things, which was something that yeah was very impressive to me. And then some of those guys out there was just everybody actually were just dogs for know, sure. You know and they just worked and worked and worked, um, which is something that I definitely appreciated about it. And it was a cool experience. Yeah, I would say that was. That whole experience was just like it was probably the purest talent as well. Because that was the last year that we had regionals. Everybody there was really, really good. Sure. There was no cut yeah. process. And I felt like it was the realest that it could got have gotten. And it was yeah. probably one of the best programmed one before yeah. you know, Crazy South. Besides the Marathon Road, because that was yeah. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> Yeah. It's got it's gotta be a great feeling too to be sitting amongst your peers like that and, and to know that the people that are there competing against you are literally the best in the world at what you guys are doing and you're one of them right that's got to be a, a really good feeling you know what i'm saying
1: yeah yeah and the competitor inside me said otherwise yeah <laughs> but, uh but yeah you're right whenever you sit back and actually think hey that year I was top 40 in the world. It felt good, you know?
0: How many people can say that about anything, you know? like
1: Yeah, not many, but at the same time, it's just like, how can we get better, you know?
0: Yeah, you're like, it's not enough. But that's why... You, yeah,
1: that's the, that's the competitor.
0: But that's why you made it, you know? That mindset is why you made it. Uh, absolutely, man. So, kind of looking forward to this year and what's coming up for you. First of all, what are your thoughts about how the season is split up now? Do you like it? Do you not like it? And then what's the plan of attack?
1: I, I honestly like this format a little bit better than since 2018. Yeah. I say that because 2019 when they announced that we have sanctionals and you can qualify through the Open, that right there off the rip was something that was just like, wow, if I have a chance to qualify for the games in the Open, <laughs> that's... <laughs>
0: And like let's go yeah it's crazy.
1: like it's like you got to pretty much hit the ground sprinting not even running yeah. you got to hit the ground sprinting yeah so it felt like it was no transition phases it was like train try to make it to the games and then afterwards it was Try to make it to the games. Try to make it to the games. Try to make it to the games. Yeah. In reality, it's always a progression when it comes down to the sport, right? And I thought I felt like that was something that CrossFit always preached, where you have the open. They gave you more open style workouts, right? It funnelled into a regional style workout, then it funnelled into the games. And I feel like now we have that qualifying process that's helping us funnel into.
0: I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm right on board there with you. So
1: it's like a it's a process now, absolutely, rather than not a process. How you feeling about it? This year, I feel like. Comfortably, since we're looking at the whole United States, you gotta be top 10% or something like that in the United States. I'm going to treat each workout Yeah, go as hard as I possibly can, but...
0: I don't think you'll have a problem qualifying for that.
1: Like I said before, I had, I had a small... I got a small injury, yeah. and I'm still working through the injury, so I want to be getting better yeah. and peak at the right time.
0: Yeah, totally. And do you think that that time is going to be during the quarterfinal when you guys have that week of just, like, kind of crazy workouts?
1: Honestly, I hope not. Yeah. I do hope that I am still getting better, but yeah. I want to peak. by the And if I do qualify for the games, I want to peak for the games. Absolutely. Rather than peak a little too soon.
0: Yeah, I w- Haley and I were talking about that and we were just like, you know, I think we'll probably have a better vibe for it once we get right. through the open and into quarterfinals because we'll kind of have a lay of the land as far as like what, where athletes are placing on different things right? and then kind of like what placement you'll need to get and how realistic that is once you get into the quarterfinal process. Right. And then I'm not sure how they're right. seeding semifinals, but we'll find out uh shortly.
1: Right. I think it's top 120 and then I don't Yeah, you're right. I don't know how they seed it in as well.
0: Yeah, So Absolutely. All right, man. Well, uh, hey, if people want to get a hold of you, get in contact with you, uh, where should they go?
1: Quaniquan. Kwan. Quaniquan Kwan is my Instagram. I feel like everybody be able to t- get in touch with me on there. Follow me as well. I'm also starting a podcast later on down the road, or me and my buddy starting a podcast called The Platform. So you'll be able to hear some stuff from there from good athletes. Um, will...
0: Awesome. I love that name, by the way. Yeah. Platform. That's
1: cool. And So yeah, if they want to hear from me, we'll be on The Platform. And um, also on Instagram, you can reach out. If you have any questions, let
0: me know. Awesome. And when that thing launches, we'll go ahead and uh, plug that on our Instagram as well. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, dude, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me. I really appreciate it, man. No doubt, man.
1: Thank you for having
0: me, for sure. Yeah. You're going to qualify for semifinals for sure. And Haley and I are probably going to travel out and go watch you compete. So I expect to see you crushing it, yeah. making it back to the games. We're rooting for you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. So for Mark Juan Jones, I'm Josh Maria reminding you to work hard and treat people well. See
1: you.